Open mine eyes that I may see Glimpses of truth thou hast for me Open mine eyes, illumine me Spirit divine Love of my life, I am crying I am not dying, I am dancing Dancing along in the madness There is no sadness like to invite you to a soul-level encounter. Music has an incredible ability to proclaim the soul's language beyond what mere words can speak. That's what we seek as we invite our guests to share their song of the soul. You will hear the music that has charted the steps of their spiritual journey, that has provided a touchstone in the soul's dark night and sung the heart's awe and joy when come to the light. Over the next hour, you will be a witness and companion to our guest's spiritual path and sacred testimony. Welcome to Song of the Soul. We have another treat for you today for Song of the Soul. Patricia Morrison has toured with another recent guest, Mary Shapiro, and when I checked out Patricia's CV and sampled a bit of her music, I was eager to have her join us. Originally a classical vocalist, Patricia was guided to songwriting and guitar and currently is living the life of a perpetual touring musician. Patricia Morrison joins us today from her temporary location in Pennsylvania. Patricia, thanks so much for joining me for Song of the Soul. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, Mark. One of the things I've learned about you while setting this up is that you're kind of a homeless person. Is this a hard time to be homeless in America? Well, I wish I could answer that question. (laughs) But I come from a background of much privilege of connections with people and networks and education. So I am not homeless in the traditional sense of the word, merely roaming How long have you been roaming? I started this part of the journey at the beginning of June, so it's been just about four months. I'm relatively new onto it still. But it's your intent to go on for some period, or is there an intent here, or did you just lose your lease? (laughs) You make me sound extremely responsible, thank you. No, there is an intent, and in terms of what I'm doing, I'm touring around sharing music and meeting people and building relationships. I'm not exactly sure how long I will go without having any physical home, but I do imagine that I will be touring for many years. 
this is just a very fortunate time in my life that I get to do it full time and learn how to receive and be grateful as I'm taken care of by people along the way. I guess that means you're not staying in hotels. You're not booking in the high-end hotels. It's a step up maybe from couch surfing? Well, it depends on the house where I'm staying, but no, I am not. I, I don't like hotels, so I suppose it's sort of fortunate that it works out this way. But no, I'm staying with people that I know, and if they have a guest room, it might be very luxurious. But sometimes I am sleeping on the floor or on a couch, so it varies. But everyone has been so generous to share the space that they have, so I'm very grateful for that. Well, I have you here today for Song of the Soul because we've been introduced by a mutual friend, Mary Shapiro. She speaks so highly of you. How long have you been performing music overall? Well, I I can't let that pass without saying something wonderful about Mary as well. Mary Shapiro and I have known each other for about five years, and it's just been such a joy to have a friend and and a fellow singer-songwriter to share the journey with. My musical story is a little bit convoluted, but... I started singing, obviously, when I was a child. I started singing in choirs when I was in sixth grade, and I started taking voice lessons in high school, and really pretty much stayed with choirs and voice lessons throughout college and beyond, and then wanted to do more with music and actually went back to school for a year. I did a a year at the University of Arizona studying music, classical voice. It was wonderful in so many ways and uh, very expensive, (laughs) And it turns out that I am not destined to become an opera singer, which is okay with me. I think I knew that going in, actually. So after that year, I I decided to just give myself permission to do music rather than to continue to pay thousands of dollars a year to study it. I began writing songs. I'd been writing poems and writing other things for probably since I could write. But I began writing songs at the same time I met Mary Shapiro, actually, at a songwriting workshop that Carrie Newcomer gave at Pendle Hill, just outside of Philadelphia, which is actually very near to where I'm sitting right now. That was in 2005. It was a really pivotal four-day workshop for me to be with writers and songwriters and musicians and uh, write music together, and then also to get the experience of putting all these things that I loved together and to sit down with Carrie Newcomer, who is a songwriter that I so respect and love her work and have her give me practical advice, some of which was like, you have to learn how to play the guitar. So (laughs) I started learning to play the guitar after that and started playing out about three years ago in 2007. I'll mention that I've already had Carrie on my program, although I didn't know her before Mary Shapiro introduced me to her, and I just do not know how that happened. She is such an extraordinary artist. She is an extraordinary artist. Just amazing. And it's really just a generous, wonderful person. Well, I think it's important that people get a taste of your music. Would you care to start us out for your Song of the Soul? What would you like to start with? Well, I did mention that my background is in voice, and so... Some of the first songs I wrote were a cappella songs without other accompaniment. And so the first one we'll start out with was a poem I actually wrote when I was at Pendle Hill in 2000 and then set to music some years later. It has a harmony part in it, too, with a friend of mine. And it's called Cry Out. If you cry out into the barren desert and hear only the wind in response, Remember that the wind is the voice of the cloud of witnesses. 
from all past generations answering you and the time is on your side if your shots echo off of the stony mountains and between the sheer walls of the canyons remember that these rocks existed before all this human strife and the time is on your side if your voice rings out in the grasslands and fades off towards a distant horizon remember what the rustle and grass has survived yet it greens every year and the time is on your side if you call to tomorrow cover hills and hear only a cactus wren song remember that the desert is brimming with life hidden from hot sun not fearing darkness and the time is on your side if the spirit screams anguish and prophecy through you into the crowded city streets and no one turns their head to listen no 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 one turns their head to listen remember that hearts to have ears and truth will find its way home to theirs and the time is on your side yes time is on your side that was cry out also known as time is on your side by patricia morrison Patricia, who is that you're singing with there? That is Lauren Mork, and Lauren is a good friend of mine from Earlham. We went to college together and sang in choirs together, lived in Arizona for a while, and actually wrote all of the harmony parts for my first album and sang them, so it was a really great joy to work with her. And tell me, why was that song part of your song of the soul? What does it mean to you on the spiritual level? Well, I think that poem... At the time that I wrote that poem, I had become very heavily involved in peace activism, anti-war activism. I said 2000, but it was actually, I wrote it in 2001, not long after September 11th. I was living in the Philadelphia area, and I was around all of these people that were burning themselves out, and there was this sense of intense urgency all the time. And I wanted to understand that the important thing was to speak. The important thing was to act, not so much to have everything in this sort of intense, frenzied pace that we can get tempted to be into, always responding to the news. I was looking to the natural world as an example of something whose time is not our time. As people, I think we can get caught up in our human history and our human time frame and to look at the mountains and the desert and the rocks and think of geological time and think of God's time as really different and be humbled by that experience and realize that it's just not all about us in the end. It's really helpful for me. 
One of the things folks should know is that during your time there at Earlham College, you got your bachelor's degree in peace and global studies. Do you continue to use that, or is that just the pattern your life works on? Well, a bit of both, I think. A couple years after I graduated, they did a survey to see if people were using their majors, if they were working in their fields that they had studied in college. I went from doing peace activism to doing peace activism in in Arizona. So I was. I was working full-time as an activist for a while and then moved that into education work and then an intentional community that I just came out of. And so I feel like that has definitely affected all the work that I do in the world even now with my music. But also, as you say, it's totally changed my worldview, really helped me to see situations and see people and see things differently. And so it's always there. It's always present. I think I'm going to carry that one with me, that sense that time is on our side. And I think that's because uh, we're moving in the direction of the peaceful kingdom no matter what. Mm. It is. It is true. And I think I was influenced by a number of things in college. We read a book by Walter Wink called Engaging the Powers. He has an image in there of building the peaceable kingdom, as you say, or the kingdom of God, or the kingdom. We often take the G out and make it into the, the sort of brotherhood and sisterhood image rather than the monarchy image. He says, and I really appreciate this sort of image, that we're the bricklayers, that we're sort of laying the foundations for the peaceable kingdom, the kingdom of God. But we're not the ones that actually bring about the kingdom. Like the kingdom is coming, but we, our job is just sort of to lay the bricks and to trust that it's coming and to welcome it. And I think that that helped me a lot because I can get very overwhelmed. <laughs> I'm not a multitasker. I don't work well in isolation. I need community and support. And so to imagine the community around us as we're laying the bricks, we're doing what we can, but we're not actually the ones bringing the kingdom into being so much as opening to what is and what will be. So time really is on our side in the sense that the time is not our time. It's not our schedule, our agenda. It's about bringing that kingdom into being and that God is doing that with us. Well, that's a great song to start out with. What would you like to do next here for Song of the Soul? Well, I think go back a little bit in my own history, which is that I grew up Catholic and was introduced to Quakerism when I was in high school. So song has always been important to me, and I suddenly went into this silent tradition of worship, which was kind of funny. But the songs that were associated with Quakerism then became important to me. And one of those is, How Can I Keep From Singing? And I love this sort of contrast of the silence and the song, both of which are so important to me in terms of connecting with the divine. So this is a great version of this old hymn that's often associated with Quakerism. I, too, associated that with Quakers, although I understand that the very origins of the song are not with Quakers. But it's important that we mention who's going to be doing this version. So this version is uh, kind of unusual. It comes from an album called The Seeger Sessions, which is um, based on the music of Pete Seeger, or popularized by Pete Seeger, and actually done by Bruce Springsteen and a whole wonderful choir of folk. The song is How Can I Keep From Singing? Bruce Springsteen and friends.
That was Bruce Springsteen singing How Can I Keep From Singing, along with a lot of other folks, obviously. Patricia Morrison chose it for today's Song of the Soul as one of the influential things from her roots. You talked, Patricia, about the fact that you went from Catholicism you were raised in, in a lot of singing, to this silent meeting for worship that is the norm of the kind of Quakers you and I are connected with. Was that difficult for you? I know people who said, you know, I'd be Quaker. As a matter of fact, Mary Shapiro said this to me. I could be there for Quaker meeting, except that I need to be having music. Well, it's funny you ask that because often what got me through silent worship initially when I was learning how to do it, I guess I'm still learning how to do it, but when I was first learning how to do it was that songs would come to me. And as I grew up, I learned more chants and sort of meditative songs, some from the Chazé tradition out of France, which is actually mostly Catholic, although it's ecumenical and then some Quakers and other folks that have written chants, and actually even little pieces of the Catholic Mass in English that I grew up with, a sort of folk Mass, would come to me in the silence and kind of help calm and quiet my mind and help me get in touch with that quiet place. So for me, the music is always there, whether it's out loud or not. But I think what I needed was the ability to listen not just to the sort of voices of people or the voices of written words, but just to listen to spirit and to calm my own mind. And, and that's really where the silence came in. Songs definitely do come out of that. And one of my favorite places to worship is actually at Pendle Hill because they worship for 30 minutes every single day. And if you add that up, that's a lot of worship. So people get pretty good at it and they get quiet and get centered, and their minds get clear very, very quickly. And I found that that worship experience is the most full of singing. So many people sing out of that silence as their form of message, and I had never experienced that in any other meeting before. So to me, it's not that there's no singing. It's that the silence sort of creates space for the messages that we need to hear. Well, let's go on to some more music, what you've picked for your Song of the Soul, part of your spiritual journey, your message. Where do we go next? One of the things that I did, that I talked about, is studying classical music. I really loved that experience and loved the music. And there is something just about the act of singing itself. And we talked about singing out of the silence. There's something that's so spiritual about the act of singing itself. So when I was studying classical music, I really found that in certain pieces. And so the next piece is actually a classical piece. It's called Vocalese, and it's by Rachmaninoff, uh, the famous piano composer, but it's a primarily vocal piece. And the thing that's so joyful about this song for me is that there are no actual words, really just sort of a vocal exercise, and it sort of celebrates the joy of lifting our voices and it's sung by the incomparable Kathleen Battle, who has just a gorgeous voice.
That was Vocalese, performed by Kathleen Battle from Rachmaninoff, Opus 3414. And it was chosen by Patricia Morrison for her Song of the Soul today. She did classical singing. And now I think, for the most part, Patricia, I would call you a folk musician. When I first heard your music, I was thinking Joan Baez. I was thinking other folks in that vein. Who are your inspirations from before? I definitely grew up listening to folk musicians. I think classical music was definitely there. We were a family that had National Public Radio on in the house all the time. <laughs> so there's a lot of classical music on our local station in southern New Mexico. So I grew up hearing that. But I think also I did grow up hearing Joan Baez, the Kingston Trio, Peter, Paul, and Mary, and all of those folks although it wasn't my generation, and it wasn't even really my parents' generation, although they did absorb some of that, and that got played in our house. In terms of who influenced me, I think, oh, it's such a mixture. It's hard to say. I went to college and was introduced to this incredible singer-songwriters like uh, Dar Williams, and a whole new world was sort of opened up in terms of the purpose of music and what you could do in terms of storytelling with music that definitely influenced what I've done since then. I'm still pretty taken by the idea that you had this major in peace and global studies. You said you worked for a while as a peacemaker, as a peace activist. What kind of work were you doing? And is the singing that you're doing now, is this a continuation of that peace activist? Do you actually go out and maybe perform for benefits or peace rallies or that kind of thing? I do like to think that it's a continuation, and, and I'll talk in a minute a little bit more about that. I actually wasn't intending to be an activist. I had friends in college that were very into activism, and it seemed very intense and kind of exhausting to me. So I, I wanted to do education, and I wanted to work in after-school programs and do community arts work. My other major was actually art. But then I ended up graduating in the spring of 2001, and and September of 2001 followed very soon thereafter, and it just felt like that actually determined the course of my life in a way that I would never have expected. And immediately after September 11th in the Philadelphia area, everyone, everyone I was talking to, even people that considered themselves very conservative, they felt this moment of possibility, this sort of hopeful moment in which we could be different and do things differently use this as an opportunity to show our better side and to be better towards other people in the world. And the one thing that people kept asking me at the time was, what can I do? I really want to do something. I found myself compiling a list of about, I don't know, maybe 200 different things, actions that people could take to help influence, whether it was just the direction of their day or someone that they met or the direction of their life, or the direction of public policy. So the scale was pretty wide. But I continually made this list and updated this list of things you can do. And that's kind of how I got started. And then I, I worked for a while with an organization locally, and then eventually I moved to Tucson to work with the American Friends Service Committee in the run-up to the invasion of Iraq and got involved with Iraq Pledge of Resistance. So that was pretty active work. And as I got to know the Tucson community more and love it, I worked for the Community Food Bank and I worked a little while for Borderlinks um, 
and I got to know that local community and I got to sink back into life along the U.S.-Mexico border, which is where I had grown up. It was a place that I'd always been fascinated with and seeked to understand. I lived in Tucson for eight years and just left in June and really spent a lot of that time, I think, trying to understand and figure out my role in that place. And in the last two years, was involved with a group that started an intentional community house there called the Restoration Project at Casa Mariposa. And, uh, and the house still exists. It's a wonderful community of people that do work around sustainability and spirituality that live together and support each other as an intentional community. Also do hospitality work and border and immigration rights work. Um, and that place, I think, really helped me kind of see the different ways that we relate to our neighbors and what our neighbors are, whether that's somebody that lives next door, somebody that doesn't have a home but lives in your neighborhood, or somebody that lives across the world that you maybe have never met, and how to kind of figure out how to relate to your neighbor, because I think whether or not you consider yourself an activist and whether or not I consider myself an activist is less important than that I'm sort of fulfilling my human obligation to be humane and neighborly to those I meet. So the next song that I'd like to share with you is uh, a song about neighbors, about what I think is important, titled Simply Neighbor. I was lost in thought as usual, his body pulled me around the corner, toward a trailer park I'd never seen before, suddenly felt like a had no rose bushes or lawn ornaments I had tires on roofs and barefoot kids and broken down lawn chairs shooing flies women with the hope drained from their eyes the neighbor she is also 34 she lives three blocks away I've got two kids she has got three more Somehow sitting at a kitchen table I know what we're here for And the ice and the sweet tea melts as we talk more Felt shaken up, took Buddy home But we came back the next day Met the mom of a girl, Cynthia's age As the kids and Buddy played Rita eyed me kind of suspiciously I talked about forming a PTA she invited me in and we drank iced tea She's sorry for the mess, I say kids are that way The neighbor, she is also 34 She lives three blocks away, I've got two kids She has got three more Somehow sitting at a kitchen table I know what we're here for And the ice and the sweet melts as we talk more. We talked about teachers and not enough books, and our daughter's appalling fashion sense. Says her oldest Mike's just like his daddy looked. He left ten years ago, she hasn't seen him since. I get quiet, she pours us both more tea. With tears in her eyes, she asks about me. I say Cynthia's five and Rachel's three. Their dad and I are together, I feel lucky. Neighbor, she is also 34 She lives three
three blocks away I've got two kids She has got three more Somehow sitting at a kitchen table I know what we're here for The ice and the sweet tea melts as we talk more I was never lucky in cards or love Rita says as the tears run down her cheek Though my children were sent from heaven above My last boyfriend didn't even last a week After a while, she wipes her eyes Mentions dinner, I get up, taking the cue Then she says, come back anytime I smile, so does she, and I say thank you My neighbor, she is also 34 She lives three blocks away, I've got two kids She has got three more Somehow sitting at a kitchen table I know what we're here for The ice and the sweet tea melts as we talk That was Neighbor by Patricia Morrison, who's with us here today for Song of the Soul. You are listening to Song of the Soul, which is a Northern Spirit Radio production. I'm your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and our website is northernspiritradio.org. You can find links to all my guests, including Patricia Morrison, who's with us here today, via my website. As I said, that was Neighbor by Patricia. You said that your community that you were part of, the intentional community you were part of, was concerned, I think, maybe about immigration, about being good neighbors to the people from the South. Arizona's, uh, I guess, become a little bit infamous right now because of the law that they passed recently. What kind of work or neighboring was your community doing or are other activists in Arizona doing? Well, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share this because I think sometimes when I say that I've been living in Arizona these days, people their eyes get big and their jaws kind of drop and they think, oh dear, Arizona, we are a bit infamous. But I can tell you that there are a lot of good people in Arizona doing very important work. And our community specifically is just one small example. A lot of people in our community have worked in other organizations that has done humanitarian aid work along the border, educational work along the border, and organizing work. And so we came together not only to share a common life together, but also to be able to share more with our neighbors. And initially, our hospitality work was a lot for folks in need, people that didn't have a place to stay, whether they were coming out of a hospital, detention center, or they were just in transit. That work has shifted a lot. Uh, the folks in the house are doing a lot more work supporting activism, supporting change in laws, especially since state legislature in Arizona with the support, the unfortunate support of the current governor has really started ramping things up there. So they're doing a lot more work around legislation now than they, they ever have been before. But if anything good can be said to come out of all of this craziness in Arizona, I think it's that a lot of organizations had not worked together before. They had each had their own sort of little area of work and little area of interest, whether that's putting water out in the desert for people who are crossing and unfortunately so many of whom are dying due to our um, border and trade policies and a wall that's being built, or whether that was specifically organizing in Latino communities to help people get out to vote 
or whether that was educating folks from all over the country about what life is like on both sides of the border and how that relates to their choices. All of those different things were pretty separate until these laws started passing. And then I think people realized, you know, we can't just do our own little part anymore. We really need each other. We really need to work together. And we need the support of people in the rest of the country, not just for what's happening in Arizona, but because it's not just happening in Arizona. We always say um, that the border, the U.S.-Mexico border, runs through not only every city in the U.S. and every town, but also through every heart of every person in the U.S. And we all have our borders and our walls that separate us from other people. We were once the immigrants. We were once the ones in the wilderness that needed to be taken care of. So now it's time to return the favor. The song, Neighbor, is really a beautiful song. It's so simple, just the sitting down and getting to know your neighbor that way and talking about the kids and the school, the PTA, whatever it is. I think when we return to those basics as opposed to demonized version of the other, we end up finding the connections. So it's it's great that you're bringing that connection through your music. What other gifts do you want to bring us through song? Those simple things, the sharing of a cup of tea, sitting down and getting to know someone, or even the simple things like folding laundry, washing dishes, as Buddhists know, can be ways of connecting with the divine. There can be holiness in all the different things and the aspects of our life. And so being reminded to be aware and be listening and be looking for those things is really helpful to me. So I would love to share this song by Carrie Newcomer, who is the Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter we spoke about earlier that launched me into my journey as a songwriter. And the song is called Holy as a Day is Spent. Holy is the dish and drain the soap and sink and the cup and plate The warm wool socks and the cold white tie Shower heads and good dry towels And frying eggs sound like songs With bits of salt measured in my palm And it's all a part of a sacrament as holy as a day is spent Holy is the busy street The cars that boom with passion's speed And the checkout girl counting change The hands that shook my hands today And hymns of peace fly overhead Spread their wings like their parents did Blessed be the dog that runs in her sleep To chase some wild and elusive thing Holy is the familiar room In quiet moments in the afternoon And folding sheets like folding hands Pray as only laundry can I'm letting go of all my fear Like autumn leaves made of earth and air But the summer came And the summer went As holy as a day is spent Holy is 
the place I stand to give whatever small good I can. And the empty page, the open book, redemption everywhere I look. Unknowingly, we slow our pace, the shade of unexpected grace, and with grateful smiles and sad lament. Holy as a day is spent, and morning light sings providence. As holy as a day is spent. Carrie Newcomer, Holy as the Day is Spent. And again, we had Carrie on the program just about a month ago. She's such a gifted musician, singer, songwriter. If you get a chance, check her out. Her link is on my site, again, northernspiritradio.org. And that reminds me, Patricia, we better mention your website. So your website is patriciamorrison.net. You didn't choose com, you didn't choose org. Was that purposeful, or did someone else just have that? Was there a purpose in your point of view, being a net person? Oh, I would like to assign a great holy purpose to this, but um, I think the fact is the other domain name was already taken, and I'm a novice at the website thing, but, you know, it's worked out just fine. There's an awful lot of good music going out there in the world, and it's so easy to find it these days because of the Internet, because we all have a a calling card as close as our keyboard. How do you set up all of this touring that you do? Mostly, you know, I use Internet, email, and phone, and I can really stay in touch with most people. And that's how I set up most of my shows and, and things along the way as well. People say, well, how do, you, how do you organize this? How do you do it? And really, it's, it's nothing magical. It's just, I think, the willingness to ask. I pretty much go places where I know one or two or five or ten or twenty people. If it's someplace I've never played before, for example, I was just recently up in the Boston area, and I have several friends there, but I'd never played a show there before. So I just kind of kept asking Will somebody host a house concert? House concerts are great fun. If you haven't been to one, I would highly recommend seeking out some folks that host house concerts in your area or thinking about hosting one yourself. Um, It's like a party with a private concert in your house and you invite your friends. So I do house concerts. I I talk to other friends, Quakers, play in meeting houses. I play in coffee shops and occasionally bars and occasionally churches and other kinds of religious places. I like to play in colleges. So it's really just a matter of asking and asking and asking until you find the right person to talk to who is as excited about offering this to the folks they know as you are about offering it to them. So I really organize my entire life from the road these days, and I have even another business that I run from the road because music is not so much about income, as Mary and I say, or it's about outcomes. So one of the things that songwriters think a lot about when we're on the road is home and the concept of home. And I think the idea of home and heaven can get mixed up a lot. This is a group that I was introduced to on the radio. I do just still listen to the radio. I 
I heard this group on Prairie Home Companion and just fell in love. These are the Whalen Jennies. They were three singer-songwriters in Canada that were asked to do a benefit concert together and found each other and started making music together with gorgeous harmonies. And this is one of those songs where every time I listen to it, I think, oh, that's my life. Yes, I just really resonate with that. And I hope that some of my songs are that way for other people, too. So this song is called Heaven When We're Home. Too long and I'm too tired to sleep I called my mother on the phone She wasn't home Now I'm wandering the streets I've been a fool I've been cruel to myself I've been hanging on to nothing But nothing could be worse Than hanging on And something tells me
Heaven When We're Home by the Whelan Jennies. Patricia Morrison chose it for today's Song of the Soul, her own issues with maybe heaven and home. (laughs) One of the things that the song mentions is about relationships. I would imagine that having what we consider a stable relationship has to be incredibly difficult from the road. Uh, Is it just something you give up, you renounce? You know, you're a saint on tour? Uh, don't confuse the monastic lifestyle with saintliness, Mark. <laughs> well, I don't know the answer to that, and I hope that I will come to figure it out. For now, I am single, and that's one of the reasons why I felt I could take up a life on the road full-time. But I know other singer-songwriters that are in relationship and do navigate that, and it is not easy because I think many musicians who live on the road have different expectations of relationships than most other people who live a more sedentary lifestyle. And so it's it's a challenge. It's a challenge to navigate those things. I'm not in the position of doing that right now, but I someday probably will be. And so I will tell you how I manage that more later when I know. So in other words, you're saying I have to have you back and point. You give me a call when you're ready to report on this, right? <laughs> of course. I will let you know, of course. Well, we've got time for one more song. How do you want to finish off your Song of the Soul? Well, I think I'll finish it in the way that we've finished many shows, which is by saying thank you. Thank you both to you, Mark, and to everyone listening. This is a song that I wrote that sort of juxtaposes the challenges, in this case, it's about winter darkness, and the joys and the ability to say thank you, even for things that are hard. So this has not been hard at all. This has been just joyful and fun so i very much appreciate the opportunity to share with you and thank you so much you're welcome we'll take you out for today's song of the soul with patricia morrison's song thank you thank you for the rain thank you for the sun thank you for the people
theme music for Song of the Soul is by Chris Williamson, and it's called Song of the Soul. My name is Mark Helpsmeet, and this is a Northern Spirit Radio production. You can listen to this program again, track down the list of songs included, and a whole lot more on my website, northernspiritradio.org. And I invite you to share your Song of the Soul with my listeners. Just contact me via my website. And please, join me weekly for Song of the Soul. You can be happy, let in the light, it will heal you. And you can feel you and sing out a song.